One of my very favorite movie scenes comes from Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1. And no, it's not Jews in space, although I like that one too. It's the scene where Moses comes down Mount Sinai holding three tablets of the law. He says, listen, O people, the Lord has given you these 15. And then he drops one, looks down and says, oi, 10, 10 commandments for all to obey. Well, turns out Mel wasn't so far from the truth. There were more than 10 commandments. But it's not that Moses dropped them. It's that the rest were given in the next Torah portion. Last week we read about the revelation at Sinai, the moment where God spoke to all the people. In this week's Parsha, which is called Mishpatim, or Laws, Moses goes up on the mountain to receive the rest of the laws. Tradition tells us that there are 613 commandments in Judaism, and the traditional view is that the entire Torah, all 613, were handed to Moses at Sinai. This week's Parsha has laws about slavery, civil law, what happens if someone injures someone else, what happens if someone's animal injures someone else. We're taught the difference between murder and manslaughter. We're taught some of the basics of how to keep kosher. The festival calendars here, the laws of Shabbat, the command not to oppress the stranger. Some of the most central and fundamental laws in Judaism. And the Parsha ends with a ritual of entering into covenant. Moses reads the laws before the people, and the people all answer in one voice, Kol asher dibera na'aseh v'nishma. All that God has said, na'aseh v'nishma. Now, I'm purposefully not translating those words because we'll have to figure out what they mean together. The word na'aseh comes from a Hebrew root that means to do or to make, as in oseh shalom, the one who makes peace. The word nishma comes from a Hebrew root that many of us know, the word shema, which means to hear. So what the people are saying is, we will do and we will hear all that God has said. It's a way of saying, we will faithfully obey. We will execute and strive to understand all of these values, all of these commandments. Now, the rabbis of the later Jewish tradition make a big deal out of this na'aseh v'nishma because of the order it goes in. What it literally says is, we will do and we will hear. That is to say, the doing will come before the hearing. And they see it as the people making a statement of absolute faith in God. In fact, they tell a story in the Midrash that says essentially that God brought the Torah around to various nations before bringing it to us. God brought the Torah to one people and asked if they want it. And that people said, well, that depends what's in it. To which God said, you shall not murder. And that nation said, no thanks. We're not interested in that. So God brought it to another nation and said, do you want my Torah? That nation said, what's in it? And God said, you shall not steal. And that nation said, no, we're not interested. And one by one by one, the Midrash says, God brought the Torah to every nation on earth until there was only one left. This slave people that had just left Egypt only months earlier, standing at Mount Sinai. God gave us the Torah, and instead of saying what's in it, we said, Na'aseh v'nishma. We want to do, and we want to hear. We have faith in you, God, and in your Torah, and we will take on this way of life. To the rabbinic mind, this was a statement of the Jewish people's absolute faith in God. To the modern mind, it's a little problematic. If you think about it, what they're really saying is, 
we accept it without reading it. And we modern people, we would never sign a contract without reading it, with the possible exception of those user agreements that pop up on your computer. So what are we supposed to do with this na'asevenishma? We modern skeptical people who want to read before we do, who want to understand before we take something on. Well, it turns out there's a somewhat deeper meaning to the word nishma. The root shema, to hear, as in hear, O Israel, doesn't only mean to literally hear, it also means to internalize, to come to understand. So perhaps one of the meanings of na'asev and ishma is we will do and understanding or internalization will come out of the doing. And we know that to be the case with lots of things. People who keep kosher often find that it brings a sense of connection or meaning into their lives. People who volunteer their time find that they feel fulfillment out of the act of volunteering, the act of giving their time. As human beings, we make meaning out of action. We do and we understand. And we grow as humans out of the understanding that we gain from the things that we do in our lives. I think that's one way to understand what the Jewish people are saying to God in this story. We want to take on Judaism and the covenant, and we believe that in so doing, it will bring a sense of meaning and connection and fulfillment to our lives. That doesn't mean, of course, that we're getting it wrong if we don't follow every individual traditional stipulation. But it does mean that the things that we do have the capacity to elevate us, whether it's a ritual like tefillin or talit, or experimenting with keeping kosher in various ways, or being part of a community, a congregation, or giving tzedakah or volunteering our time. When we do, we also grow in understanding of ourselves and of the world around us. And when we grow in understanding, we grow as human beings. So let's enter into this Shabbat with an open heart and an open mind, looking for new experiences to try and new things to learn around us. And in so doing, maybe we can bring new meaning to those ancient words, na'asev and ishma. We will do, and we will hear. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.